that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course fans bet all the way through the National Hunt season 21-22. Aintree has passed us by to have a very quick uh, catch up about that. I'm joined by two esteemed guests. Of course, Derby Nolan is here. Hello, Dino. <laughs> Hello, Demo. How are nice you? Have you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, fine. Thank you. All good. <laughs> all good indeed. Uh, Keir Kirby is back. Yeah, uh, keeping well, thanks, Dean. Uh, this was my very first uh, Race Hour podcast last year, so a year later, and somehow I'm still back on these podcasts. So, yeah. Looking, oh, my God. <laughs> looking forward to various. An anniversary, Kean, yeah. and uh, one I didn't recognise, but now I'm fully informed. It's good to have you back on uh, to talk about all things Fairy House. Now, we will be doing Saturday, little brief look, Sunday, uh, a bigger look, and of course Monday, which features the 150th running of the Irish Grand National. Now, to kick us off on this week's podcast, because um, obviously this place is right next to my house, so I happen to have a little bit of an inside track, and I was going to have a catch up with Peter Rowe, the general manager at Fairy House, so that's coming up. Now, after that, we will get stuck into Saturday, Sunday and Monday uh, from Fairy House. Now, delighted to say joining me on the race hours, a special guest this week, Peter Rowe, General Manager at Fairy House Racecourse. Peter, how are we? Good afternoon, Dean. All good? Pleasure to have you on here. Uh, you've, you've definitely been on before, but not for a little while. Not... We've, we kind of can, we kind of canned <laughs> interviews on here after a while, but it's been a while. It's yeah, been a while, I've... but good to have you back. I know, I'm, de- I'm delighted to be back. You know, it's, it's like people coming back to the for the Boyle Sports Irish Grand National, it's hard to believe that when Borough Saint won in 2019, Ruby and Willie, that's the last time we've had a crowd here for the for this iconic race. That's mental, isn't it? Absolutely <laughs> mental. Um, but yeah, such is life. I mean, that's that's where we've ended up. How many uh, Irish Grand Nationals have you been in charge of, Peter? 2011 was my first one when organised confusion and the great dancer Nina Carberry won for Arthur Moore. That was uh, a, the, <laughs> the great dancer. I love that. And that and that was a very special day, you know. As is, uh, you know, and everyone in everyone we've had in between every years had the story, you know, the the the, the, the Liberty Councils, the Lean, the Barneys. The Archdukes, the Borough Saint, the General Principal, you know, they've been a great selection, you know. You didn't mention my favourite one. Now, I'm not old enough to obviously go back to the likes of Brown Lad and Pat Taff winning loads and Tom Draper, I think he's had 10 Irish national wins, but Desert Orchid, Peter. Desert Orchid, a very special, you know, and you think, and, and the picture of himself and Richard Dunwoody taking the last fence out of it, you know, then, <laughs> like, he, he carried uh, almost 12 stone, you know, it, 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 it was a great, week it was great to have a horse like him at that time an iconic horse and you know people as i said they hear stories of people trying to nick hairs out of his tail as he walked around so you know but <laughs> but you know in, in the 150 years there's so many iconic stories about this since sir robert peel won the first one in 1870 yeah that's now you're going a little bit too far back <laughs> well, for me there Peter. Well, if you, i do remember i do remember the kids chasing desert orchid up the running although he'd passed it yeah. he'd long since passed the line yeah well you have to remember it's 100 and, as a, this is the actually the 150th running in yeah. 2022 and everyone remember peter you said in in 2020 we're having our 150th yes that was the 150th anniversary we've missed three years 1919 that was due to civil war 1941 due to foot and mouth and of course in 2020 due to covid so this will be the 150th 
running of the race. And it's an iconic and it's great to have it. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, actually, I'm sure this we had the 100. <laughs> but now now you've cleared up the confusion. Organised confusion, as I'd like to call it. We'll pardon the pun uh, there as we'll get past that. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, the number of people saying, oh, you're doing this a second time. Well, this is the 150th anniversary of uh, 150th running of the race. And don't forget, and we're, and we're coming only a year after 150 to one winner of the race in freewheeling Dilling, Dylan. So, oh my word, yeah, and he ran so well at Aintree as well. Oh, look, we're cheering him two out. You know, he just unfortunately ran out of petrol, but he ran a great race, gave Ricky Doyle a great spin and a great thrill for Sheila Mangan and uh, and Dermot McLaughlin. Absolutely. He wasn't quite able to emulate some of the past ones that went and did the double likes of Bobby Joe and number six Valverde. He's had a great history of providing the winner of the Aintree National 12 months later, hasn't it? Yeah. And you have to remember, of course, the first English horse that won and did the double. Who is that now? Can I ask you? Oh, my word. Um, Written by Brendan Powell. No, I'm not going to remember, Peter. Go on, Ra- give it to me. Rhyming reason for David Ellsworth. Oh, my word. Okay. Well, an absolute <laughs> Horse racing history there with rhyme and reason, and oh yeah, what a one animal that was! But I mean, you've had lots of English trainers come over and win it: Ferdy Murphy, Jenny Pittman, Bob Buckler. There, I guess more recent um, uh, results, and John Joe O'Neill, of course, did it with shut the front door. Run at Aintree that year as well. Yeah, you know, and I think John Joe again is, is looking like he's going to come back with time to get up. Uh, for, yep. Formerly with Joseph, and you know, we'd love to see, and we, we'd hope to get that maybe Lucinda Russell might consider and come over, and uh, she's very much thinking of with her her, her Cheltenham winner. Uh, Coach Road, you know. Yeah, yeah, Corrie Trambler, who was a cracking winner of that old team at Chase at, um, at Cheltenham. And it's just, you you really always are at the mercy of the calendar, Peter, because you never <laughs> yeah. know whether you come at the end or you come before or you come slap bang in the middle, which is where you are now. Like a week after Aintree, I guess, isn't ideal for, for the national runners to turn up, but you're going to get a strong field. We know that. Yeah, but you know what? You have to look at it this way. is It says, we will have hopefully horses possibly like... Uh, enjoy Dallin, you know, yep. unfortunately fell at the first and like we were all sorry, Kieran Murphy, what a great story that would have been. But, he, you know, he unseated his rider at the first. He only went a couple of furlongs and he's able yep. to run now, you know, whereas, you know, if we'd be first, if we were the first national, there's no way enjoy Dallin would come. So, look, no. you have to take the positives of, of, where, of where we are. We are the third national, but we live at, We will have had some horses, you know, and, and you look through those 26 horses uh, raced at Aintree last week who were in the Irish, uh, the Irish Grand National. Yep. Well, there's no there's no harm in the prize money, is there? Still the richest chase in Ireland, Peter. Absolutely. No, it's, uh, you know, with, with our colleagues, Boyle Sport and Horse Racing Ireland, we've put this together look, to keep it. You know, if you think this should be, well, the Scottish National is worth 150,000 sterling. We're worth half yep. a million uh, euros you know it, it is a great part and you know and and that's why you you look at the entries for the race with 15 individual grade one chase w- winners entered and that's that's a great figure you know yeah the quality of the race keeps uh improving uh alongside you know your entry counterpart it just gets harder and harder to win it yeah and uh with that then the big yards come into play you'd imagine willie mullins and gordon elliott will dominate with plenty of runners again Peter. yeah but you know what we we, we talked after uh Willie Gordon won in 2018 with General Principle in the rain. Burrow in the sun of 2019 said, oh, God, it's going to be the powerhouse. They're going to dominate the race. Mm. Then we Dermot winning it last year. And, you know, the favourite at this moment is Francis Casey's horse. So, yep. you know, that says a lot. You know, it doesn't, while it's more likely that there's still plenty of stories to come out of it. And what a story that would be if we could get Francis Casey's horse to win it. 
Max Flamingo, Absolutely. I think you're referencing there, off an absolute featherweight, which is quite likely around there. You know, I, I, ten stone three at the minute. And you have to remember, he ran first in his beginner's chase here at Ferry House behind Gabaneco over yep. two miles five, which would look a very good run at this stage, you know. Would do indeed. You might actually get Gabby Naco at the meeting, of course, entered up elsewhere. I mean, you've got three days of racing, Peter. It kicks off on Saturday. Uh, the the Grade B uh, Novice Herd will be the big race on the Saturday. But once we oh, well, hit Sunday, well, a couple if, of Grade well, ones. We'll go, we have a £100,000 Grade A on Saturday as well. The, mm-hmm. the Rival Handicap, there's 20 going to post. Now, and that, uh, again, tends to be a, a very informative race. Um, he's a hardy bloke, isn't there for no meet. Mighty Tom. Esky Lane, Hannon, that, that's a very good, like 100,000 euros. And then, of course, we've the Ladies Nationals on, uh, three yep. miles one, a horse like Funky Daddy, Agent, Agent Baru. Uh, and as you said, uh, probably the most informative, as you said, will be the Grade B uh, Irish National Style and Farms final over three miles. There's a lot of horses with a lot of interest in that. Daily present from the Paul Nolan stable, uh, Angel Dawn for Sam Curling, Bronson and Blue for John McConnell. You know, that I think is going to be a race to certainly follow going forward. I'd love to see the Nolans get a bit of luck after having oh, such geez. a tough week, of course. Yeah. Daily present, as you mentioned in there, that would be a great story. Absolutely. And we'd, we'd, we'd love to see them. And, you know, uh, Barry Connell is my immortal as well. I think it's going to be a very informative race, that that three mile. And and, and again, with the Joe, the Frank and, and Trees O'Malley Hunters chase on the sun, so Saturday. So it's going to be a very informative card. And he said that leads then on to Sunday. And, you know, two grade ones. Look, you look at the Boyle Sports Gold Cup and look, we're delighted Boyle Sports have stepped in here. And look, one horse stands out, Galloping Deschamps, but you have to remember there's three other grade one winning chasers in it. Uh, Beacon Age, Fury Row, and the winner down in Limerick of the Boyle Sports Fahin, Master McShee. Yeah, and well, if they all turn up, Peter, you're the man who knows, though. I mean, we're going to see Galloping Deschamps as Willie Mullins on the blower checking the ground. I certainly have no clue, and nobody knows. <laughs> when Ruby Walsh and David Casey say they don't know what what Willie Mullins is going to do, I certainly have no clue. Uh, but the fact the fact I saw him after today's fourth means at least he can still run. If he wasn't there, there's no chance. So at least now there's a chance, and we have to make the most of that. Yeah, when you mentioned some of the other horses in there, I mean, that is a field packed full of quality. Another great one on the day, of course, as well, Pete, and, and a super supporting card. Um, you're going to be packed out on the Sunday for sure. Yeah, you know, and and we're great. Harry Fry, of course, is his first ever grade one win was here was was here at Ferry House, and he comes with his Cheltenham winner, Love Envoy. Uh, and, and look, a lot of the horses who took him on, Cheltenham will be tang- tackling on here. Look, Willie Mullins has, he, he's a, a fistful of 75 entries. entries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, look, I think he's 12 of the 23. Yeah. You know, he've Grangy, Brandy Love, you know, Party Central there for Gordon, Elliot and the, and the Morans. You know, it, it's a very competitive race again, you know. And, you know, you remember this, the race last year threw up that great story uh, for Shark Hanlon and, and his syndicate, you know. Skylace. Uh, very horse who was sold for seven eighty thousand last week in Doncaster. And of course, Absolutely. previous winner, of course, the great honeysuckle. So it, Exactly. It, yeah, it's been actually been a great um hunting ground for, for honeysuckle as Fairy House comes synonymous uh, with the journey. Oh, I'm very her, very her very proud. You know, her first four consecutive wins on the track were all at Fairy House. You know, we asked the question last week to see what was the last horse in Ireland whereas Frankie was also entered on Saturday in the ladies' chase, was the last horse in Ireland to win four consecutive races at the same national hunt races, and the answer we came up with was somebody with honeysuckle, um, which is which which is, and don't forget, two of those were Grade One, a Grade Three, uh, and uh, a winner's hurdle.
Yep, absolutely right. I mean, uh, Peter, I know you listen to the race every week, so you'll already know this, but like Honeysuckle has been our, our horse of, of uh, our, we kind of feel like we sponsor her yeah. around the race courses. So we've had a great time with her and including, of course, those successes at Ferry House. It would be great to see Cole Murphy run impervious there, man on the comeback trail, formerly of uh, some serious uh, racing stock uh, in the yard and on the comeback trail with impervious in that race, in that very great run. Uh, one, and I wouldn't I wouldn't write off uh, Cole Murphy landing a bit Absolutely, a very run. shrewd trainer and a very lovely, uh, very nice fellow as well. Good Wexford stock, you know. Uh, yep. You know, I'd certainly say, you know, it is, it, it, look, when we see the final entries come through, uh, declarations come through on Saturday, it'll be a lot clearer of, of which way it's going to go. But no, it is, it, it is very much a, a cracking contest. And, you know, Diane Blue, very impressed when he won Clonmel for JP and Willie Munns. Went off favourite, I think, for the Mayor's Race. Yeah, Shelton. a bit disappointing. Took your eyes out before yeah, that. Yeah. And then just kind of you know, didn't really last home maybe at Cheltenham. But it's yeah. a big ask after one run. I know Willie Mullins is a man to do that. Yeah. But uh, might have a little bit more substance about Dinah Blue yeah. at Fairy House this weekend. Yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's going to be a very informative race and very much looking forward to it. What would be your... Uh, what would be your best outcome of the uh, of the Grand National, Peter? From a personal point of view, you love a story. Of course, I love a story. Look, Francis Casey's horse, Max Flamingo, would, would 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 be a lovely story. You know, Tom Gibney has a couple who's coming back again. Um, the Dempsey family, they've ten ten in there. You know, there's so many. But every no matter what, it will throw up a story of horse that won. Lucinda Russell to come over and win with Courage Rambler. Irish trainers might like me to hear that. But again, you know. What happens when the first horse passes the post, you know, at eight minutes past five or thereabouts next Monday will be, you know, it will be a great story. And everyone then say, look, it's great, you know, but it's it's just so exciting. And, you know, it's we've great entries for now. You know, we haven't the entries in yet for the supporting card money, but I'm expecting it to be very competitive. We have the very interesting Devonish chase over two and a half miles, 100,000. And that could throw up some very interesting entries i think and the rat barry uh 60, 000. you know i think we'll have some very i think the supporting card in grand national day will be very strong as well yeah i uh, don't doubt that i wanted to ask you actually your role as a uh, general manager there how much do you get in, into the ear of these trainers uh local and elsewhere and even in the uk telling them about your your races and that they need to you know let's skip some of these other engagements look what is on offer at fairy house do you do it i know a lot of the, the um general managers at different courses to, to kind of have to do it yeah look a lot of our races sell themselves but again the yeah. great thing that trainers know coming here we love to produce good good ground that is good ground as in good jumping ground rather than good ground we'll be aiming look we watered this morning we were good to yielding uh up to this morning we've had almost 10 mil of rain today the track yep. will be lovely jumping ground and that's what we water to to maintain you know and, and i think that's the first thing the prize money again is a big incentive for the, for, for for people to come and we'll get a very big positive uh, story mm. from that too you know yeah, but I mean, you do get plenty of support. You mentioned, you know, Harry Fryer and his first uh, grade one, of course, at Fairy House and, and things like that. This is this is a track now to be uh, reckoned with. And this meeting alongside, of course, the, the November meeting, I mean, they're, they're two absolute pinnacles of the Irish calendar. So it's nearly game time, Peter. We're nearly there. Absolutely. You know, here we are sitting in the office four days away from... And again, this is going to be di- different again because we're now building up Saturday, Sunday, Monday building up to the peak with the Boyle Sports Irish Grand National at five o'clock on Monday evening, you know, and I think that's going to be, you know, we'll, we'll get people in the mood and 
get us all ready to go. I think that's going to make it very exciting uh, now that we're going this way that rather than, than having racing again on the Tuesday. You look, I think we, we're, we're in a very good spot. Uh, you know, our bookings are very strong. I'd say to them, book early before they come. You avoid any yeah. of the queues or whatever, and there's good value uh, discounts if, if you book early. But, you know, we are going to see some great... And we're so fortunate in Ireland in terms of the talent that we have with Rachel, uh, Paul Town, and some of these great... Davy Russell, these these great jockeys. And for people to come and see them in action, you know. And, you know, in terms of trainers, Willie Mullins, Gordon, uh, Gavin... You know, they're, they're no me. They're great exponents, Paul. No, we are so fortunate as a country to have such su- such top trainers. And I haven't even mentioned Emmett Mullins, like uh, uh, yeah. come, come left field and, and do what he did with with, with Noble Tyne on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, quite remarkable. Yeah. And I, 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 go, I go further than that, Peter. I'd say the Irish own the National Hunt game at this point. It hasn't always been like that. I remember going to, to, to Cheltenham back in, I don't know, the early 90s, mid-90s, and the Irish have come away with one or two winners. But the, the game is completely turned around and lucky to have it all on your on your doorstep. I hope everyone who's listening to us who wants to get down there will check out fairyhouse.ie uh, for those early bookings. Always great value there. And, of course, you can win some tickets thanks to the team, uh, Peter and the gang and Jim and everyone at Fairy House on the Race Hour Twitter. Uh, if you haven't got involved, do get involved. Peter, I remember I think I asked you before to give me one certainty of the Easter Festival on a previous call, and I'm pretty sure you said something like the Grand National will start at around five o'clock on, on the Monday afternoon, yeah. which I think is fair. Look, <laughs> but there must there must be a whisper around the place. Look, uh, you know, since since an early stage, Francis Casey's horse, Max Flamingo, you know, from an early stage, he said he he was targeting this race. And I just think with Peter Casey's connection, winning with Plemons Star, the Powers Gold Cup, that was a very yep. special day here. Francis only trains up the road. Last, last year, I remember he won with Max Flamingo, the handy, and he was interviewed afterwards. And uh, uh, a typical Casey answer, he says, look, I was I was lambing sheep only an hour and a half ago, and I've just taken my arm out of the sheep's bottom. So, uh, <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> <laughs> you know, they just won for the course, and that would be a, a great story. But you know, whoever wins it, it'll be a great story for them, and I will be, I will be so happy for the winning connections because it's a very special, iconic race, and to get your name onto the roll of honor. And you know, again, I was, I was so happy for the for for Dermot and Sheila last year, but we're missing the buzz this year. We'll have the buzz back, and I'm so looking forward to that. Yep. I look forward to getting involved down there myself, Peter. I do wish you and the team, all the runners and riders, the very best for the three days of the Easter Festival at Fairy House. Coming up, of course, over the Easter weekend with the Boyle Sports Irish Grand National on the Monday. Uh, Peter, thanks for stopping by, taking the time with us. And uh, best of luck for the next few days. Fingers crossed we get the weather. Bit of rain beforehand, but nice and dry and sunny on the few days. Look, as ever, Dean, thank you very much. And we look forward to seeing them all here next Weekend, as I said, tickets for all three days available on our website racing. And as I said, building up to five o'clock Easter Monday. If you can't be here, make sure you tune in to watch it on RT Radio, RT Radio and on RT2 Television. You know, it, it will be a race that will have another great story. Yeah, we look forward to it. Thank you, Peter. You're listening to the Race Hour podcast, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk. Check out bookmakers.co.uk each and every day for tips, news and the best odds for horse racing. Looking for a new bookmaker and the best sign-up offers in the industry? You'll find that at bookmakers.co.uk, sponsors of the Race Hour. OK, 
Okay, and welcome back to this week's Race Hour podcast, brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and, of course, fans bet all the way through the national season 21-22. Delighted there to catch up with Peter Rowe, uh, General Manager at Fairy House Racecourse, of course, ahead of their big week uh, weekend of racing for their Easter festival. But before we get stuck into that, gents, uh, I have to talk about what happened at the Aintree National. Uh, Dermo, the Trends boys took a hammering. Yeah, Dean, um, I got quite excited. Tree out with Longhouse Poet. Uh, I thought he was running a huge race. Um, Did so. He just didn't didn't quite quite get home. I thought Daryl O'Keefe gave him a, a perfectly uncomplicated ride. It just didn't work out in the day. But, ah, uh, yeah, Dean, look, the trends boys kind of take a hammering. And as you can see on Twitter, there was an awful lot of people moaning about the Grand National. I understand that maybe it wasn't once it once was, but we all have to get our heads together and realise that uh, the Grand National is under attack and uh, keeping it as it is is going to be a battle, let alone, you know, uh, bringing it back to something else. Obviously, Noble Yates, it's a novice winner and everything else. And the, the format of the race, or the, sorry, the shape of the race is obviously changing. But I just think we're dealing with just a genius trainer, uh, a genius former owner, and they they just plotted him up beautifully. Um, I think he was off in the ultimate. That, that probably just didn't go right, but... Jesus Christ, to, to have a horse win at Galway for you. He beat Gabby Nacko in Magic Days that day. And imagine Paul Byrne turned around to Emmett Mullins on that day to say, um, I think we have a, a Grand National horse in our hands. I don't think anybody else would have looked at that race and thought that. You know, like he's just an absolute genius and um, and the whole thing. But the story itself was beautiful. I mean, Sam Whaley Cohen on his last ever race. And I know Sam Whaley Cohen maybe at certain parts had a few few detractors because you know his father was buying all the horses for him but a brilliant yeah. jockey and most of all Dean he's just a good guy I mean Liam Treadwell God God rest his soul when when he obviously had that moment with uh, Claire Balding when she pointed fun at his teeth it was Sam Whaley Cohen's company that that kind of got his teeth done for free for him you know it's uh, Sam Whaley Cohen's story with the Grand National goes on an awful long time and uh, he's brilliant over those fences and from that point of view Dean it, it was actually the ideal winner yeah yeah, I can't disagree. Sam is um, is a gentleman, man. Appeared on this podcast a couple of times. And uh, yeah, while his father is buying them some serious ammunition, uh, he's never faltered in his support for putting the boy on board. And uh, a Gold Cup and a Grand National, I think that's six or seven wins over the National Fences, tells you all you need to know. He could have been a jockey. There would have been no problem at all. Do you know what happened, actually, Kian? When they came to uh, towards the elbow and any second now goes in front, I'm thinking, oh, poor Sam. He's going to get done by any second now. And, uh, and and Mark Walsh, but geez, he was strong in the finish. In fact, he got banned for it. Yeah, I think really the only ones cheering home the finish were the bookies. Obviously, fifty to one shot, <laughs> shot beating the favour was a massive result. Uh, Dermot summed it up pretty well there. I mean, if you back Noble, it's fair play. But um, won his beginners chase in 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 Galway to start the season. Ran eight times this year. This year hadn't shown a, a unbelievable amount of form, and then goes and win, wins the national. So. Yeah, it was a bit of a head scratcher, but um, as Dermot does say, the, the national is uh, is changing, and if he did get the winner, well done. But I don't think many did. No, not too many. I tell you, a man who probably did, and that's Paul Byrne, and quite rightly so. Um, he's he filled his tank by selling the horse, of course, to the Whaley Cohen's, and then I'd be pretty sure, and based on you know reading between the lines, actually just reading the lines on Twitter that I've managed to see, that uh, he chopped a few noses off, albeit under the. Uh, under the guise of an outsider winning the Grand National. I think the Betfair SP for that horse uh, was 29 to 1, which doesn't reflect at all um, against the, the market odds that were returned at SP. So however he's gone about it, we might find out in years to come. But uh, yeah, I think that's 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 some operator is that man. And of course, they weren't carrying his colours, but I think they were carrying his money. 
So fair play to them. Um, there, you're right, Demo. There was a little bit of excitement when uh, Fiddler on the Roof was travelling well. Longhouse Poet was travelling well for for us here on the podcast, and we thought maybe at the canal uh, turn, Fiddler or uh, yeah. Longhouse Poet jumped up the inside, and I went, "Oh!" And then it was very short lived. Very, very short lived. Oh, he was bouncing, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, it looked like yeah. yeah. It was just like you know, a matter of when when they go. But you know, the national can do that to you, and it's such a long run. Um, but yeah, great story, and what a way to bow out for uh, well for Sam Whaley Cohen, I'm sure. Uh, his father, Robert Whaley Cohen's going to keep a good few of these horses. We also have to mention, back. Dean, as well, sorry, that uh, Dave O'Weldon had a write-off at the Angie Festival. He uh, tipped up nearly every winner, I think. Um, he had an absolutely Unbelievable. astounding yep. week. Yeah, yep, yep. And uh, I'm sure he'll be back on here to tell us all about it um, in the near future. Well done, though, to Mr. Weldon. There's a good few winners picked out uh, on this podcast. And uh, I think me and Paddy had one demo. And I know you didn't want to call us out for anything, but, you know, the last day. Getting the last, done on the fest. Last day was good. Paddy and I had late night pass. I had another very annoying forecast that finished second and third again. Uh, yeah. I like the way you're thinking again, jumped the last. Like he was just how far. And then he got done by a brilliant Charlie Todd ride. But yeah, look, like a great week uh, on the race hour. And we'll, uh, we'll take them, Dean. We'll take them. We will take them. Oh, and of course, we're nearly done. You know, we've got Ferry House to talk about on today's podcast. And we've a bit of Punchestown as well, of course, to come for, for a finale uh, of the race hour this year. Now, hopefully, Peter Rowe has um, whetted your appetite for what's to come at Ferry House over the Easter Festival. Racing does get underway, of course, on the Saturday. And uh, whilst uh, decks are a little bit up in the air and there's a lot of will they, won't they, um, we could get stuck in to this. Let's kick off with the Saturday. And uh, there's a massive handicap hurdle there. A huge prize to win, nearly almost 60 grand. Uh, looks like Far Out is going to top the betting in that 450. Willie Mullins and Paul Townend, as you would expect. And they're going to be uh, hugely represented across the week. I thought there were a couple of interesting runners in the honeysuckle colours of Higher and La Prima Donna. But 15 to 2, 17 to 2 then for Escalane. Glan is there at 10th. And the same price as Higher and Jesse Evans and La Prima Donna. Bigger price as the rest. Dermot Nolan uh, kicks off with something for this Saturday contest. Uh, yeah, I, I'm really surprised that uh, Hearts are Trumps is 22 to 1. Um, mm. Like, he won this race last year off a mark of 131. He runs on Saturday off 129. I know Mark Walsh has picked Glan. He seems to really like that horse. And look, the, the, that horse is definitely handicapped to a strike. But I would have preferred a more decent run, but Hearts of Trumps, he, he just tends to run his better races here. And I know he's been out of form for a while, but he's that kind of horse. Uh, like he just ran some absolutely huge races here at Fairy House. You know, he obviously won last time he ran here. Uh, he's been third before as well. He was seventh in a very good handicap, but that was off a mark of 136. He's been sliding back down the handicaps again and at 22 to one or so. Well, there's obviously is some kind of young horses who could just be too good for him. He is only nine years old. And the beauty is, is that we just know that he turns up at this meeting. And um, 22 to 1, yeah, under Simon Torrens, I just think he's uh, absolutely, absolutely massive pricing. Big price hearts are trumps for Desmond McDonough and Simon Torrens. Of course, lots of fairy house form in the book. Why not? That is uh, for the Ribo Handicap Herd of 450 at Fairy House. Kean, over to you for this one. Yeah, super competitive race. Uh, you can see this going off nearly 10 to 1 the field. Um one that caught my eye in the honeysuckle uh, colours, just like you, Dean, is uh, the Willie Mullins trained Haya. Uh, mm. She was taught good enough to run in the, the Mayor's Race at Cheltenham. Now, she, did, she didn't run great, obviously, but I don't think she's up to that level. Uh, if you go back to her form in February, she won her maiden hurdle at Fairy House. She absolutely bolted up by five lengths. She gets in off one, two, three. I think there's, there's plenty of upside with her, and I, I don't think we've seen the best of her yet. She's only a five-year-old, so there's, there's heaps of improvement to come. I think she could develop into a mid-130s horse, and... 
and ten to one or so. I think that's a that's a decent bet in an ultra competitive race. Brian Hayes's book for that one will run off a feather if uh, the uh, the top one stands as ground. That's Escalade for Gordon Elliott and Davey Russell, and that's higher. Uh, currently, they're 10 to 1. Do you know, I thought ran well at Cheltenham and, and very much under the radar. One of your old favourites, Derma, which was Felix Deji. And um, it was, you know, it completely had a bit of a Horlicks in the middle where it got blocked off. Um, but only 11 legs behind State Man, now off a marker 139. Jack Kennedy is booked double figures, 18 to 1, not even low double figures. Yeah, Dean, uh, he's been, he's a horse that has always promised that. I remember backing him off the boards, or I remember they backed him off the boards one year. I was very keen on him for the Galway hurdle, and he got brought down early. Um, mm. He definitely has a race like this in him, but it's just, yeah, the the entry was just showing that it's very hard to gauge what horses have come out of Cheltenham well and which ones haven't. Um, and I know it's an extra week to this, so that theory could be absolutely blown astray, but just at mm. the moment for handicaps like this, like like Oscar Elite ran no race at all at, at entry. That's, that's kind of just... Just one example, but there was a good few of them. So um, I'd just be a small bit wary of that, but there's no reason he can't win, do you know? No, and I, I think I think it's super interesting. Along with the the um, the one that uh, Kian mentioned as well, higher, and I'll throw Hearts of Trumps uh, into the mix now. Damn, I see this being a tricaster or forecast devastation for us again uh, for this first race that we're talking about <laughs> at Fairy House. Um, there's plenty of other races on the Saturday card at Fairy House. Anyone want to uh, pick out the bones of it? Damn, I'll let you go. Yeah, so I just have one other uh, on the four fifteen on Saturday. Uh, Bugs Moore and is very very interesting for um, for Noel Mead. Uh, loved his trip last time and he just kind of got beaten first run by the reopposing Nels well uh, mm. but that was that was a huge performance from him and the beauty of that is is that whilst um, Nels well is at the kind of same price as him Nels well that day was ridden by the brilliant Thomas McDonough who's claiming seven pounds who we know now after Birchdale and at Cheltenham and everything else that's just stealing weight but for some reason Rachel Black might have left Thomas McDonough now on him for this you know but with that in mind uh, Bugs Moore and for that uh, less than a length beating um, is has an 18 pound swing with him when you take the uh, the kind of jockeys jockeys weights and everything into it and that was a huge mm. effort no one made horses continue to go well uh, sorry uh, just under a two length beating but as you know 18 pounds that's absolutely huge this horse has been running himself into form I really like him as a 10 year old or as a 5 year old sorry he runs here of 10 stone 11 I think Bugs Moore is a crack in each way bet at 8 to 1 yeah, Bugs Moore, and then for you, Sean Flanagan, Noel Mead, around eight, um, eight nine to one. Uh, what, did, what price did you say there, Damo? Ten? Do you think you can get tens? Oh, uh, eight to one, but he's running off uh, of ten stone eleven. Sorry, I, I yeah, said a yeah, lot of words yeah. there, Dean. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bugs Moore and for Noel Mead and Sean Flanagan there. Do you know who I quite like in that race is Eric Bloodaxe. They're going to throw blinkers on it first time. You, you have to be massively disappointed with what's happened in the two runs since for Joe's for Brian after they beat Freedom to Dream at Limerick on bog, boggy ground. But uh, definitely handles better ground. Got former Jinto and um, yeah, I'd throw him into the mix. He's also double figures here and Shane Fitzgerald's booked up to take off five. So I'd be going with a top weight in that uh, contest at 4.15 at Ferris. Keen, what do you like across the rest of the Saturday card in that race or elsewhere? Yeah, just on that race as well, Dean. I do agree with you. I'm a fan of Eric Bloodaxe. I do think the best of him will be seen in the winter in softer conditions. So I'll, mm. I'll leave him go. But the one um, just on, underneath him in the weights is uh, My Immortal. I actually flagged him up on a previous podcast. Uh, he was re- really impressive at Punchestown last time out. I think he's a, they, uh, they gave him a break since September. And he ran in February, absolutely bolted up in a competitive enough um, handicap hurdle at Punchestown. And I think, mm. he'll t- I think he'll take plenty of stuff. And now he's likely to be at the head of the market. But I think he's... Uh, He's a, he's a fair horse. I think he'll take a bit of beating in that race. 
the prices are only just starting to formulate around the uh, the various layers, and I can see seven to one around for uh, Barry Connell's charge, my immortal. So that's one for Kean to keep on side um, on the Saturday. So we covered a couple of races there. Of course, Sunday is a big day in the Easter Festival at the Fairy House meeting. First race we're going to take a look at there is the Mayor's Novices Championship final. Uh, quite likely we will see Harry Fry as well. Well, the sky's the limit potentially uh, with the Cheltenham winner would love Envoy going here, Kean. Yeah, um, I, I was. I actually backed Brandy Love anti post at Cheltenham, and I was obviously she was pulled out, and I was disappointed. I ended up backing Love Envoy for the race, so I'm not sure what I back her at six to four to to follow suit here again. I think the mm. fact uh, Brandy Love has been given a break is a, is a massive positive. Now, the only thing is that the last time she ran at Fairy House, she looked like she did need, need to go left-handed, but at the the the, the price the, the price difference is uh is too much for her. I think she's around. Seven to two mark, and also that day at Fairy House, um, Paul Paul Talland had the, had the choice to to pick her, uh, Brandy Love or Allegory de Vassi, and he chose right. chose Brandy Love, which say, which says a lot about Brandy Love, who's a horse they've always held in the highest regard. I think the fact she she didn't run a child is a, is a big positive, and at seven to two, I think she give the the favorite plenty to think about. Okay, Brandy Love then to um, to get involved for Willie Mullins in the Grade One Mares Final. Um, Demo, what do you like in it? Yeah, um, I, I I think you'd have to be very brave to back Brandy Love after the last time. I mean, she she nearly ran out. Keen was very kind there. Yeah, with, you know, yeah. Kind of looks was... like maybe wanted to go the <laughs> yeah, other way around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was only run one. Forgive her <laughs> one run. <laughs> she nearly, she nearly ended up in Navin, but the, uh, but the, the yeah, no, I think uh, I thought Grangey was unbelievably uh, an eye catcher from that mare's novice. I thought as much as Paul Town and got everything nearly right that week, I thought the Grangey ride was actually uh, left a bit to be desired. Uh, I thought that horse was given way too much to do. Absolutely thundered home for uh, for third that day. And mm. when you look at the company that this horse has been keeping all year, it's just been very, very high. Deserves another win, and. For me, um, just kind of with the form and everything else, I just think that that, that she's the one that it, that Willie Mullins tends to really, really hit top form now. So at a price of around three to one or so, I think she's she's a whopping bet. Yeah, she's interesting. I like another one from the Love Envoy race that um, I mean, we talked about plenty in the run-up to uh, Cheltenham Down. It was impervious. He ran a huge race behind Love Envoy. Almost got a little bit lonely out on the on the wider part of the track, I thought. Um, albeit uh, well beaten in the end and we'll need to, to step forward again. But I don't think that's impossible because it was quite a long gap between running in November at Fairy House in that Royal Bond and then going straight. And Impervious was on the wrong race. side, it looked as well, didn't it? When she, I thought so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, yeah. she kind of jumped the last. She was uh, everything on her side. I know, I know that doesn't make sense. It's not a five furlong sprint, but the uh, just from kind of where she was, everything on the other side just seemed to fly up while she was kind of stuck yeah, in the That's why I make the point about being lonely yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, Almost yeah. was all happening over the other, other way. Yeah, um, 100%. So I, I think she's super interesting and this will be, you know, the, every right for her to come forward after that Cheltenham run rather than go backwards given the, the gap between the Royal Bond and what they went and did at Cheltenham. So I think you probably get an each way price around Impervious because there's going to be lots of um, fancy money going elsewhere and I definitely have Cole Murphy. I assume Brian Hayes will ride again. Uh, Cole Murphy's mare in the mix for that 310 let's take a look at the 455 which is now the boil sports uh, gold cup always a cracking contest here uh, it looks like all systems go for galloping the champs we will see galloping the champs here at the weekend kian yeah it's very exciting to see him run dean obviously i think going into Cheltenham, myself and you weren't the biggest fans of um galloping the champs 
I'm I'm still not fully fully convinced about him. I don't think Bob Ollinger. Oh, I've eaten I've eaten the humble pie. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm still not yeah. fully convinced. He's a, an absolute machine. I don't think Bob Ollinger ran any sort of race at Cheltenham. Mm. Um, I'd like to see him beat a bit more quality opposition. I mean, he should he should win this doing handstands, uh, maybe in the without market Gabonac or something like that. But yeah, it's very difficult to see Galloping getting beaten here, and it'll be interesting to see what they do with him next season because after. The Mars chase, Willie Mullins said, if they could tighten up his jump, and he might be a two-miler, could be a two-and-a-half-miler, could be a Gold Cup horse. So if you're back in the Manti post, um, I mean, good luck to you because it's hard <laughs> yeah, to predict yeah, what race is going to go for. Yeah, well, like, like, you know, name, name a Willie Mullins horse that's not difficult to do that with, but he's definitely in the mix, isn't he? Because all, all options are open. What is fascinating about this one is that I noticed um, that I think I was at this meeting, and I would have been at plenty of them, obviously living down the road from this track, when Album Photo uh, won this race, who also fell at Cheltenham that same year and came back and got it done so he's following a trend and we know what album photo ended up and doing and i think this is a race that takes plenty of getting plenty of jumping too so i think it would still be a good test for galloping the champs and then i do think they will be a gold cup horse in here though i think that's what they'll be yeah i think it'd be madness to do anything else with him um especially when you've got a horse like alaho there is going to dominate the two and a half miles and you know um the kind of champion chase they have an urge i mean i just think they they don't have a gold cup horse really now with album photo uh, and Gallop and Deschamps, he had a much kinder fall than Album Photo had as well. So it's, uh, oh, yeah, yeah sure. you know, that was that was just, that was the definition of a really unlucky kind of slip, basically. Um, mm. So, yeah, no, look, he should be far too good. In the without market, I agree with uh, Keane uh, and Gabby Nacco. I thought that was a huge run in the Arkle for a horse who just looked like he wanted further. And and the, uh, the Grand National was some form boost for him as well. Uh, the, um, the, with, uh, with Maggie Yates. Yeah. But, the, but yeah, no, I think, uh, look, Galloping Deschamps, I was another one who who I thought he was the best beginner's chase performance I'd seen. And then I kind of got a bit tepid on him, but uh, I would be the opposite of Keane there. Just, I think uh, he's he is he's something very, very good. That Arkle forms turned out to be mocked, though, isn't it? Now, yeah, it's just hard to know. We I'm said, being really harsh. I'm being really harsh. Yeah, we like, said that before. Remember, we put the kettles yeah. on her uh, yeah. her Arkle. We all said it was shite, and sure it hasn't been. You know, so yeah, a bit early yet, Dean. But my thoughts would be the same. I don't think that Arkle is up to a whole pot. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see a, a couple of these run very well should they line up and take on Galloping the Champs. be interesting to see Blue Sari continue uh, to improve. I wouldn't put Birchdale out of the mix either at this trip. Um, after that, when the last day we've seen Birchdale since. We'll do um, a Galway podcast, team. We'll do a Galway yeah. podcast, but is Bustleton not very obviously being plotted for something like the Galway Plate? <laughs> like, like it's, it, it's incredible. If by plotting you mean run it every four weeks. And, and yeah, just but, keep just, going. but just keep yeah. going. But in these races that are clearly just above him, he, he's picking up uh, prize money. Like, like his last three runs against Sieldenej, uh, Blue Lord, yeah. and Bob Olliger. You yeah. know, he, he's never going to be up to that. I think this could be beautiful handicapping in, in plain sight. Yeah, plain even, sight in the, even in the marsh, yeah. if you watch the marsh back, it's just like. But like Bustleton and Elvira, just let Bob Ollinger and Gallopin just go, and there's no interest in them to get anywhere involved in the race. Yeah, just yeah. Pick up, pick up the pieces. Yeah, yeah. Which was very fair of them because you'd be very concerned if uh, one of them jumped skew with and knocked the other one over. As it turned out, they weren't needed to do that, so it was just beautiful um, from from JJ and uh, yeah. and picking up second place. Fair play to them. Um, yeah, I can definitely see that angle. Um, th- I mean, this will be a highlight definitely to see Gallopin the Champs and hopefully uh, get back on track there. And then I think all roads will lead um, to uh, a Gold Cup next year. You wonder what kind of campaign they're going to give it. But as Kean said, it's Willie Mullins bingo time. There's a big race over at um, Cork, um, which might come to in a minute. But anyone else have anything for Sunday at Fairy House? Uh, yeah, Dean, I have um, I have two. Firstly, um, 
what's probably my bet of the whole weekend is Digby in the 235 uh, the handicap there I think yep. uh, this horse will could be a small bit of a gamble here um like in handicaps in Ireland my main belief is that you're always looking for a horse that's well ahead of his mark that's very obvious but this horse won last won twice last year before a setback put him kind of back he reappeared and you have to watch the race to, he ran an absolutely huge race he was traveling in he, he he went from the front he went clear jumped beautifully and he ended up being reeled back in now he finished fourth in the end but that was his first run for over 160 days and when you look at the horses ahead of him he got beaten that day by uh by daily present who i know paul nolan really rates the second horse was Braun, who's gone on to kind of to win again since and digby at one point in the race looked the winner he had them all in trouble his prior form from last season, that's strong as well. His win in a rated novice hurdle, a Clarity, the second, all K is now weighted, is now rated 121. The third, Mars Harper, she's won since she's rated 129. And the horse in fourth, sit down Lucy, is now rated 123, who's ran some massive races behind the likes of Imperious Dean and, uh, and Top Bandit. Uh, he runs here off a mark of 118 um, and a brilliant trainer, Dermot McLaughlin. I, I'd say, friend of the podcast, Keith Dunhu will, will keep the ride because as you can see with the weights they're all kind of high enough because you know, it's a novice handicap but I just yep. think Digby is one of these horses that could just be well ahead of that market Love it Digby goes in the novice handicap hurdle 235 on the Sunday anything else from Sunday Damona? Yeah uh, in the 420 Dean um, Magic Days I thought ran quite well in that arc and just wasn't up to the level um, so her now dropping back into a handicap of 135 she would it interest me there she could just get away and a uh, fairy house can lend itself beautifully to a front runner like that as well um and yeah. whilst uh you know she does have have to calm down a bit she could just kick here and not come back to them i really liked her running the arkle again as i said she just wasn't good enough but she jumped beautifully and something like that off a rating like this for a horse like that i think she could just she could just take a bit of pegging back yeah, I quite like fighting fit in there, but I'd be very concerned about Magic Days just getting a freebie off the front end and dancing them all home uh, over that trip at Fairy House. Because once you get up top, it's hard, it's hard to reel them in on the on the um, on the run in there. That's a very good race. Keen, anything for the Sunday? No, Fairy's? nothing for me, Dean. But uh, I am keen on one in that big race, of course. We can move on to that now. We can indeed. I want to throw one into the mix, though, um, across the Fairy House entries. And now this is owned, obviously, by Paul Byrne and uh, trained by Emmett Mullins. So it has three entries entered on the Saturday, the Sunday and in the Grand National on the Monday. But I'm pretty sure they won't go for that. So it'll be one of the other two. And that's right place, right time. I thought ran a very good race at uh, Cheltenham in the Kim Muir behind Sean Bud. And I'd imagine uh, there's still a good pot in this. Uh, it's all about whether jumping holds together. And actually, it wasn't too bad um, at Cheltenham under Maximo Sullivan. So we'll see where that turns up. But definitely have it on your radar for the weekend. Okay, let's say, uh, Kian, why don't you kick off? It is the BarwonRacing.com chase, the grade three at Cork at 3.30 on Sunday. What do you like? Yeah, obviously, we're still waiting on decks for this one. But uh, hopefully, Melon runs. Looks strong. Looks very looks, strong. Looks decent, yeah. Uh, Melon runs, he's likely to be favoured, but we all know him, he struggles to win. Then you have Manella Times uh, brought down the national, unlikely to run. Then the rest of them are just, you don't know what to make of the form, like Daily Tiger, Silas Emery mm. and the Shunter. Um, a lot of numbers beside their form and a lot of poor form figures. So the one I actually came down on was the Mouse Morris trained, trained French Dynamite, who's won mm. two, two runs, uh, two wins in his last three runs. The only time it was beaten was in that um, grade one race behind Gallop and the Champs. It was really impressive at Turles the last time I thought behind Sealed and Edge, who that yard rate um, really highly. Um, the, the pair 
um, pull the mile clear of the rest. Um, he's the only one with a bit of upside in him, Dean. I think he's he's a seven-year-old. A lot of these at the top of the market are nine and ten. I think he could be a bit of a price, and he'd be uh, I'm interested to see the prices now when he comes out. But um, yeah, it'd be sweet enough on him. I'm a big fan of French Dynamite, as is Damo, actually. We're all, we all love uh, Mouse Morris's animal. I think probably based back to when, uh, well, prior to it possibly, but when he, he duffed up Boss's Oscar uh, in a prep race, um, going back a little while. And Mouse Morris's seven-year-old would definitely be on the radar. It is a possibility they're going to run it in that Powers Gold Cup, but I think you're right, Kian. I think they will head uh, for this grade three at Cork. Damo, is French Dynamite on your radar? Yeah, I completely agree with Kian. He's... Uh... I think he's nailed that. And then, but just in the other race there at Cork as well, Dean, the 220 mm. at Cork, that's a good card, the uh, barrow1racing.com hurdle. Um, Ganapati runs there uh, over two miles. Um, I thought Brian Cooper really minded him now. He's coming out of that Wednesday. You know, a lot of the horses that ran on that Wednesday are flopping a bit, which is understandable. That, that ground was terrible. But if you, he was 11th and he's 37 lengths behind. But if you actually watch the race, Dean, as we were because we backed him, he actually runs mm. a much better race than 11th. You know, he, he, he travels into it like he's, he's really going to see it. And then once the chance is gone, I thought Brian Cooper was just very kind to him. You know, he, he just let him, he let him weaken because there was no point trying to kick him up the running. But I just thought the way that he traveled into that, this is this horse's only entry all weekend. Uh, because he's only 11th in that handicap, he could go off maybe, you know, three, four to one perhaps. Um, and I just think that he would definitely be, be a bet at those odds. Yeah, it was a fascinating run at Cheltenham. Obviously, all of our eyes were on Ganapathy demo, so yeah, we were yeah. watching. We were watching it unfolding behind, and it almost turned into a, well, it turned into a proper slog, and it would have had to have been for Commander of Fleet to come through. But Cooper had him a fair old way out the ground, as if he knew he was riding something that was going to pick him up pretty easily, and unfortunately, just got blunted by that ground. Now they're not going to have any kind of problems like that cork unless there's a deluge uh, ground currently described as yielding there. I think that's a fascinating shout. All right, and uh, I'm sure I'll be joining you with that one at. Cork on Sunday. Shall we move on to the Monday then at Fairy House before we get stuck into uh, anything to do with the World Sports Grand National? The 350 there um, is a cracking looking race. Uh, horses like the Devil's Coachman in there. I can see that they've got Darva Star, could be back for more, but gentleman's game in there potentially. Um, some nice horses in here. Dermot Nolan. Yeah, this is, the, this is a proper race. Wasn't one that I was kind of particularly keen to get massively stuck into just yet. Uh, mm naturally enough you know like it's a proper proper race but it's just yeah it's just hard to kind of kind of see what way that the this race will fall a lot of these horses we've kind of seen you know like uh the rasso holds up a very thing i'd love to see the devil's coachman run here i think he would he'd take quite a bit of stopping um mm. he's a horse that i actually probably would have backed had he gone for that liverpool hurdle uh which he was entered in a horse that no one has always thought the world of fences just didn't happen for him he just wasn't jumping them with a plum but even at that he he ran some huge races early on. So he's a horse with an absolute abundance of ability. So if the uh, Devil's Coachman rocks up here, then I will be back. Okay. Devil's Coachman for Dermo should he turn up here. Uh, Kian, over to you. Yeah, I agree with Dermo. I'd be a big fan of Devil's Coachman as well. He was a very good novice hurler last season. Racked up a heap of wins. And he was actually sent off favourite for the uh, grade two novice hurler at his meeting last season. Now he did disappoint, but obviously he was... It was too bad to be true, and he's put away for the season. Uh, as Dermot alluded to there, he went chasing. He ran in some decent chases behind Fernie Hollow and St. Sam, who were class novices, but just didn't jump his fences with any fluency. And I thought he, last day at um, Fairy House back over hurdles, show, showed a really good attitude to beat Ashdale Bob, who went on to run a streamer at Cheltenham. Obviously, Commander Fleet won at Cheltenham, so it's decent form, and I think um, he'd, be, he'd be the bet in the race, Dean, yeah? 
Yeah, okay. Another vote for the Devil's Coachman for Noel Mead uh, in the 350 at Ferrias on the Bank Holiday Monday. I do like gentlemen's game here. I'm pretty sure they're going to go tilting for uh, a proper grade one pot again at uh, Punchestown, but off a mark of 146. Um, I reckon they'll have a go at this here for a good pot. And, um, well, that could be a Mouse Morris, uh, well, a day between them perhaps, but the same colours, aren't they? French Dynamite and gentlemen's game for that 350 at Ferris. Moving to the 420, it's the Devonish. Uh, Chase there, the grade two. Um, now, I don't have any odds on this, but if I was making a market, I'd have Janadil pretty close to the top, Kian. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. If Janadil runs, he, he'll win. Um, I mean, he hasn't won in a while now, to be fair. Actually, at this meeting last year, when he won the, the Ryanair Chase, he beat Franco de Port by four lengths. He's run into some really good horses since, and Ergamine, obviously, uh, only beaten two lengths behind Alaho in the John Durkin over two and a half, which is savage form. Again, ran a screamer in the Ryanair Chase. I mean, Anything around even money or would be a would be a bet in this race. So, yeah, hopefully he rocks up on it. Yeah, I, I'd I'd probably have him close to that. And depending on what the final makeup of this field is, he could even be t- shades of odds on because a couple of these might go elsewhere. Uh, Dermo, what do you make of the Devonish? Yeah, Janadil deserves this. His last win was here at Ferry House, um, and since then he just keeps bumping into really good horses, and he just keeps running huge races. There's a brilliant horse here that should potentially be, you know, he should be winning more, but he's just bumping into some very, very good horses. Even the even that Irish Gold Cup now could be marked up after how well um, Indoor ran, and even Clumfated ran as well in the Ryanair before he came down. So yeah. he's just bump, yeah. he's just bumping into some proper, proper horses. So yeah, no, he definitely be, uh, he should take a lot of stop in here. A day in the sun uh, beckons. Hopefully the weather is sunny because <laughs> I'll be there on the Bank Holiday Monday for uh, for Jana Dill. And uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think it'd be short enough and I think it'd be very popular um, with the punters on course. So uh, yeah, Willie Mullins and Jana Dill likely to pick up that grade two, the 420 at Ferris. Now we're on to the 150 in front of the Irish Grand National. Um, now I'll give you some market uh, a market check from our sponsors at Fans Bet. They go Gayard de Menil, six to one, eight to one, Far Class. Max Flamingo is nine to one. It's ten to one. Schoolboy Hours, full time scorers at twelves, fourteen to one. Diolka, Run Wild Fred, and Early Doors is sixteen to one. Uh, bar those, and uh, we're going to get a few of these near misses at um, Aintree. Who, um, who maybe came down the first, a bit like um, Enjoy Dalen and a couple of others who had early um, early stoppages, uh, who may well turn up here. Uh, Dermo, uh, I was going to say give me a short list, but I tried to put mine together and I think there's 10 horses on it, so you can go where you want. Yeah, I have three. Um, okay. Gayard Domenial, yeah, obviously. Uh, I love this horse and he's been running massive races, especially in the the... Brown advisory, I thought could just be marked up. He just ran huge altogether. Uh, my only fear for him is that this is three miles five. He's had a busy all season, and and that race was was very tough. You know, you saw the winner came out. He didn't really run his race at all at Aintree, and um, I know Dusart won from it, but you know he should have been winning that race anyway. He was just a step above those those horses that, that he raced against. But it's been a race that just yeah, you know, even Braveman's game was pulled out in the morning. He didn't run that well since. I you know. <laughs> A high senior one, I know, but just he's made of absolute steel. So, Gayard Vanille, he, he definitely has every chance, but I just, a national takes a lot of winning and just, um, he, he's the class act here. So, at eight to one or so, he, he's on my shortest. I'll probably succumb to uh, FOMO and back him on the day, but just, I'd be a bit worried about that. You might get an okay price because I don't see him as an Arduke type. And no. It takes, it takes a lot to go and do it with limited amount of. Uh, I don't know, Mars on the tank, I think. Yeah, you know, so, yeah, no, so the other two I came down was uh, one with Black Glass and then one a young horse who I think is uh, is much better than his, or not much better, but he's better than Mark. So the first one, Dean, is our old friend, 
Ronald Pump, who has a strange profile, but he's all the black class to to win this. And uh, mm. the thing is, is that he didn't go back over hurdles like a few horses did because he didn't go well over fences. He was brilliant over fences. Uh, that win at Fairy House back in 2019, um, he hammered that field. And that was a good field. You, you got Captain CJ in second. You got Galvin in fourth. You got the likes of Spyglass Hill, Bapaum. Um, he just destroyed them. And his, his jumping was absolutely perfect. Loved Fairy House. And the last time, they obviously just, he was kind of going a bit sour over hurdles. So, so they threw him back over fences. And in, in the Leinster National, he just runs huge. Um, absolutely massive run uh, behind D.L. Care, who just kind of just outgunned him in the end. But D.L. Care went up £10 for that. Uh, uh, Ronald Pump went up 5 The young jockey, Lee McKenna, he'll keep the ride on Ronald Pump. Ronald Pump jumps brilliantly. Just this race to me just screams out as at 18 to 1 with uh, fans bet. It just looks a big price, Dean, for a horse with his back class. And we know how well he does jump a fence. He hasn't done it all that much, but he definitely jumps them very well. So he's yep. one I think is just massively overpriced. Uh, the horse is ahead of him. If you put these over hurdles, I know that's nonsense of an argument, but if you did, he'd, he'd beat them all. And we know he jumps a fence. So I've I've rate him 152 with a seven pound claimer, and he's effectively running off 145. I, I think that's a that's a very decent price. And then the other one, Dean, is uh, Velvet Elvis, who um, is a horse that I liked over hurdles. He, he was just kind of the, the hurdles were kind of getting in his way, but he was still ran some very good races, beating the likes of Mercury Lane and Capilano Bridge, looking an absolute out and out stare. And this season over fences, fourth behind Fruit the Lane. Only 12 lengths, second behind Sealed and Edge over trips that were just too short, beating 40 lengths over two miles. And then it looked like last time they kind of realised off a mark of 133, right, we have to win this now to make sure, you know, that we get into the Irish National. And he won that doing handstands. He went up £10 for that, which he needs anyway. And he just looks to me, obviously, Thomas Gib- Tom Gibney is a very, very shrewd trainer. He's won this before with Lee and the Bernie. And Velvet Elvis is just screams that kind of young novice who's, who's really improving. So, Velvet Elvis at 28 to 1, I believe, and um, Ronald Pump at 18 to 1, Dean, are my two in what looks an absolutely brilliant renewal as always. Yeah, Darrow Keith likely to ride that Velvet Elvis. You've actually got two six year olds in the mix there, Dermo. One at a monster price, I want at a price you're not too comfortable with. But, you know, actually, when you were talking about Ronald Pump and like if this was a hurdle race, you should just run at Aintree. That is a hurdle race. <laughs> he should have, yeah, maybe, but I can see why they were. Uh, this will take more jumping, I tell this, you. Than, this will take more jumping, but in fairness to him, he's, uh, he's jumped around Ferry House before with a plum, so I think uh, that wouldn't concern me anyway. Yep, yep. Um, that would be some some tale to go from running eight lengths second behind Honeysuckle in a in a grade one at the track to winning, uh, obviously, over hurdles to win an Irish Grand National uh, in, well, what will that be? In like six months? That would be pretty special. It can be done. It definitely can be done. His trainer, Matthew Smith, Dean, as well, he doesn't get enough attention. He's a superb trainer. Absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, every horse he gets, he really does maximise. Uh, Keaton used to always be raving about him in his bookmakers' um, articles, and he's just one of those trainers that, another one that, you know, if he got a bit more ammunition, you'd... You, You'd see him more at the grade one tables because to, to train Ronald Pump from a slight injury to finish second in the stairs and to this is the horse that that kind of gave Honeysuckle the fright of her life as well one day. So That's right. it's um, a masterful feat of training, really. Yep, and if you know if you want to dig into what Matthew Smith has done with that horse, I think they popped over to Autoy and finished fifth and got about the same amount of money they got as finishing second yeah, uh, behind right. Honeysuckle yeah. and a great one at Ferrias. So he's no mug. And uh, yeah, that would be some story to go and pull that off. Kian, we got three from Derma there. Gail de Menil, but the price concerned, Ronald Pump and Velvet Elvis. And uh, give me your short list if you can find one uh, for the Irish Grand National. Yeah, some interesting shouts from Derma there. I, I do agree with you. I think uh, Gail de Menil is... 
is way too short at six one. I can see him. Uh, you can see him drifting out a, a good bit, to be honest with you. I just have two two on the short list. First one is uh, is pretty obvious. I backed him in the national myself. Uh, run 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 wild Fred. He was re mm. really well back for the national. Obviously, he was a good novice last year. Ran in the Irish Grand National last year and was um, just beaten. Couldn't get past um, 150 to one shot freewheeling Dylan. Um, yeah. Some some quality form this year. Obviously, won the Troy Town uh, B Fire Class by seven lengths. Then was beaten beaten by Fury Road and Statler, who are obviously Grade One animals. I think he's your ideal national type. I think if you can, oh, the national is all about getting a horse who can be ridden prominently and jumps fences well and just stays well. And he's he's exactly what, what you want. Now he did he did fall in the national. So obviously that was only a week ago. So I'm not sure, 100% sure, will he run? But if he does run, I think he'll be punted again, and I think he'll he'll go off favourite. So around the 10 to 1 mark, uh, I think once the decks are out, I think he's he's a really good bet. And the other one I like at a much bigger price is the Pat Fahey train, Mr. Fog Patches. He's around yep. the 25 to 1 mark. If you look at his form this this season, he's been running in all all the big handicaps, running the um, the Cork Grand National, the Tr Troy Town behind Run Run Wild Fred. Then he ran at Gorn Park in the test days behind Longhouse Poet, place and place in all of them, and also ran okay at Cheltenham. But I think at the 25 to 1 mark, he's been running well in all big handicaps this season. I don't see a reason why he'll be well be, be out of the frame. So at um, 25 to 1, I could uh, I could see him picking out the picking up the pieces. But I, I do agree with you. I don't think there is an hour duke in this race. I think there's a, there's an open look to it. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a cracking beckon betting heat. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Okay, okay, Mr. Fogpatches uh, in the mix and Run Wild Fred. You have to like Run Wild Fred, I think, um, if they do decide to line up again after just nine days after what uh, transpired at Aintree. That run behind Statler is going to look even better when we see Statler again. That's all I can say, because Statler's a proper horse. Um, I, look, my shortlist would have consisted of about 12, but I'm going to take three that haven't been mentioned and, uh, and throw them up. Uh, time to get up, I thought it was interesting if it comes over for John Joe. Uh, you might remember it winning the Utox to National. Um, you have to go back to, to March of last year, of course, when it beat Mighty Thunder. And since then, uh, things didn't go right for it. They ran at Aintree in November, then they ran it behind the Galloping Bear at Haydock on desperate, desperate ground. And then it ran a really good race uh, behind Screaming Colours. Uh, at Utoxter again in that uh, Utoxter National. One concern with this one is that Kim made the point that they do like to be you know, prominent and, and jumping up top. This one won't do that. This one will be somewhere uh, around midfield and hoping to stay on, but it's going to get in off a of favour, I think, if Jonja brings him over and he's got form of, uh, of winning this race, of course, if you remember, shut the front door, uh, getting it done under Barry Garrity. Another one I liked, who I thought actually ran far better than the positions, uh, would, would suggest was under Jordan Gainford at Cheltenham uh, behind Corrach Rambler and that was Fluair uh, put it up at the start of the season on the Race Out podcast as one of my horses to follow for the year and uh, it would be just uh, my luck to miss him out for this race so I'm not going to I think Fleur will run a big race if they decide to turn up here after that run at Cheltenham and finishing 10th in the Old Teamer and the other one and, you know, Derma, you're going to have to come in on this. Frontal Assault, we were told, and we told everyone who listened uh, to the podcast that this thing was going to win at Cheltenham. Now, didn't jump well enough, did it? Didn't go well enough um, at all under Rob James uh, behind Sean Bard at Cheltenham. But that's 32 days ago. If they had it ready for that and they decide to run here, um, he must have a huge chance. He must. Just that kind of jump on display because every time Rob James moved them up between defences, he was making up the ground, no problem. But he just kept losing those those, those lengths. Him and uh, School by Hours, they just jumped themselves out of, out of contention. Now, Gordon Elliott's yeah. horses, were, they just weren't up to their absolute best at that point either so there could be every excuse for him but again I, I'd kind of like my Irish national horses to have been kind of targeted at the Irish national as opposed to 
coming here after a Cheltenham or an injury mishap, let's say. Um, sure. So that would kind of ruin me against him. But seeing him win this would not be any surprise at all. He'd be one now, Dean, that I'd see. Uh, Noble Endeavour had a similar kind of situation before on a four-miler and went on to win the Paddy Power at Christmas time the next year. I could see Frontal Assault doing, doing something like that. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, there was a race, a beginner's chase at Fairy House on the 29th of January. And first was Flair at 7 1. Second was Frontal Assault at 8 1. In behind uh, were the likes of uh, Bacardi's. There was Grand Parody. Um, don't know if that's a bit of a form boost, but anyway, that race could hold the key to the Irish Grand National. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hang my hat on it, I think, and uh, and hope I get it somewhere right. It will be a fascinating contest on the Bank Holiday Monday. Uh, anything else from the Bank Holiday Monday card at Ferris you guys want to pick up before we get to the point of uh, uh, Easter Festival or weekend racing naps? Uh, no, actually, absolutely nothing for the Monday. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same, Dean. I think we covered a fair bit there, so we can move on to the naps. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no problem. Uh, before we get to the naps, just a reminder that fans bet, of course, will have their £250 uh, win uh, pl- predict and win game up on the website this weekend. If you get involved with the bet 10, get 30 offer from bookmakers.co.uk. You can, of course, play that. Also, they've got some specials here. Gail Domeno, all far class to win the Grand National, is boosted Um it was 4.0, now 5.0. Gordon Elliott to train the winner of the Irish Girl National. We fancied a few of them there. Um, is out from twos to threes. That's a boost from them as well. All of these will be on their website. Uh, Willie Mullins to train the winner of the Irish Grand National. And he'll have plenty of darts in there, of course. Uh, that's been pushed out to fives from nine to two. And then Noel Mead to train the winner of the Irish Grand National um, is there at five. And you get all of the runners with fans bets. So do get involved. Right, naps time, chaps. Uh, Damar, I'll let you go first. Give me your best bet of the weekend. Uh, yeah, I'm fairly sure he's running just from messaging someone there so yeah uh, Digby uh, on the Sunday and he runs in the uh, 2.35 Dean a fairy house 2.35 Saturday. Sunday oh Saturday or Sunday, Sunday, Sunday 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 sorry yeah yeah 2.35 and that's Digby um, okay looks like it's going to run looks like Dermot Nolan will be on Keen Kirby yeah when we touched on already on Sunday at Cork in the 3.30 we were all sweetening and was a French dynamite hoping that Mellon runs because he'll make the market and he he make make a bit of a price on French dynamite so once the decks are out and the prices are out, we'll be getting on a French a French Dynamite as quick as we can. <laughs> 3.30 at Cork on the Sunday is French uh, Dynamite. Just be wary, is double declared at the moment, but we'll wait and find out. Uh, that does look like the race that they'll go for, that grade three. Uh, I'm going to hang my hat on um, Impervious in the Mayor's Novice Hurdle Final, the grade one at Ferry House on the Sunday in the 3.10, hoping to get a nice each-way price on Impervious for Cole Murphy. And Brian Hayes, um, if you had to just pick one for the national chaps, please fire them at me, Dermo. Uh, Ronald Pump. Run, run, run Royal Fred, Dean. Lovely. And I will go with Fluair. Um, and best of luck to everyone who does get involved. You have, of course, been listening to the Race Hour podcast. We've been talking all about Fairy House and their Easter festival. Uh, this podcast brought to you by the friends at bookmakers.co.uk. And, of course, fans bet all the way through the National on Season 21-22. Best of luck with your bets this weekend. We will be back for Punchestown. Until then, take care. You've been listening to The Race Hour, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk. Your best bet for tips, news and bookmaker reviews.